God wants us to be in sync with him. All right? And, and we're going to talk about what that means. But, but, you know, when Jesus, right before he died, he told his disciples, he said to them, he said this in John 17, 3, if you want to put it in your notes, he said, this is eternal life, that they, meaning us, may know you, the only true God, and Jesus, whom, Jesus Christ, whom you sent. This is eternal life, to know him. Do you ever think about, well, what are we going to do in heaven? I don't know what all we're going to do in heaven, but apparently eternal life is to know him. So it isn't like, well, yeah, you don't get to see God. You don't get to know him. He's the big guy in the throne, and you get to back off. No, it isn't like that. All right, no, eternal life is to know him. And guess what? He wants us to start that here, not there. Well, that just going to accelerate. He wants us to start that process here, and he wants nothing more than for us to get to know him. That's why he sent Jesus. I mean, he sacrificed his own son. He sent his son down to a miserable world to do a miserable job to die and, and all so that we could get to know him. And, and it was the joy of Jesus' life to do that. But here, here's, here's what I want to say. God has provided countless ways for us to get to know him. More ways than we could possibly talk about, but we're going to talk about some of them in kind of a backwards kind of a way tonight, so just hang with me. But how many of us, I'm just going to talk about me again, I always say this, you don't want me talking about you, so I'll talk about me. You know, how, how many times have we heard, you know, a minister say, you know, well, I sense such a strong anointing, or I sense the presence of God, and I feel zero, don't, don't react, and no one will know. <laughs> or, or the guest minister has a word for somebody, and you're like, yeah, why not me? Or hands are laid on people, and they fall down, and you're just like, yeah, I'm just standing here. <laughs> you know, I, I, was in, I was filled with the Holy Ghost and walking with God for almost 10 years now, I, I will say this. I did a couple courtesy falls for ministers, you know. I just fell to fall because everybody else fell, all right? I wouldn't do that now for nothing. But, but you know, I was young, and I was really young, you know. But, oh, y'all, don't look at me like that. Anyway, um, I, I'd been walking with the Lord almost 10 years before I actually fell. And the first time I did, I didn't fall, you know. No, I collapsed on the floor in a pile. And then I laid there and laughed because I thought it was the funniest thing. I mean, it was just like, that was. And how many times have we heard somebody say, God told me, and you're like, yeah, he doesn't talk to me like that. How come he doesn't talk to me like that? So, you know, sometimes we can look, you know, at the, the, the grass on the other side of the fence and think, you know, uh, how come I'm not having what they got? All right. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight, so just hang with me here. But you know what? First of all, we foundation here. God is real. He's right here. If you've received him into your life, his spirit abides. He lives inside of you, just like he does all those other people who said, God, talked to me, and they did this, and they had all this experience that you're thinking I never had, okay? So, so you know, Jesus said, John 14, 23, he said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him. He lives inside of you, whether you sense it or don't sense it. That is not the point. 
But if you've received him, he's there. Okay? And, you know, he said, when he said this, when he promised to never leave us or forsake us, he meant that. See? He meant it. He is never going to leave you or forsake you because that's who he is. Okay? So, you know, Leanne and I were recently in Colorado and, and uh, we, we actually went in two, not one, not one, but two caves. I, I'm pretty sure uh, we had talked about it before and we would like, we would never do that. But did we? Yes, we did. We went in not one, but two caves. And while we were in both of them, at one point they turned off all the lights. I, I mean, utter and complete darkness. You can't, there's nothing. There's no hint of anything. You are in absolute darkness. And, you know, when Paul was uh, uh, in Acts 17, 26, you can turn there if you want. Um, Paul was on Mars Hill, and, and he was walking around between all the, the idol temples and seeing everything there. And, and when he had an opportunity to talk, this is what's recorded in Acts 17. We'll start with verse 26. And he, God, made from one man every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation, that they would seek God, if perhaps they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each of us, each one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being, or in him we live and move and exist. Actually, the Greek just says, in him we live and move and are. We just are in him. I love that. I like it. I wish they would have just left that translated best, you know, most correctly in the, in the Bible. Because in him we are. But see, he, he gets this. Now track with me here. He gets the fact that we feel like we're groping to find him. Did you see that? Paul said, yeah, we're groping. We're trying to figure out stuff and figure out how to get on the path and how to follow him and how to know him. And we're doing all that. But Paul compared it to groping, groping in the darkness like we were in that cave. But, it, but see, see, then he said, but he's actually right there. Right. You know, and, and in that cave, Leanne was standing right behind me, or right beside me. I held her hand. I know she was right there, but I could not see her, all right? And life is a little like that sometimes. And, and we're like, wait a minute, God. You know, I know you're there, and, and I know you, you want us to know you, and sometimes we just feel like we're groping in the dark. But let me just tell you, it's a matter of getting to know him. It's a matter of building that relationship with him and and. We start out with God. It may feel like we're just groping, but we can get to a place that we get into in sync with him. We get to a place where we're feeling like we are making progress in our relationship, that we're starting to understand what pleases him and what doesn't please him. We're starting to understand <clears throat> how we can minister and why he put us on this planet and what I can do to be a blessing to somebody else. And we start we can start flowing with him, and it's not groping anymore, but we all start out right there. I heard somebody say, yeah, when I started out, I felt like I was on the bottom rung of the ladder hanging on for dear life. <laughs> but step by step, 
I got up a rung, and then another one, and then an, and and you know what? It, we have to grow in Him. He knows that. All right. You know, He said, "Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling." Well, yeah, because it's a process. All right, but but it's not a foreign process because everybody experiences exactly that on some level or another. All right. So so we're we're. We're, uh, we're trying to get to know him, but we're never, track with me here, we're never going to get to know him by using our five senses. That's never going to happen. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why, why, why is that? Well, people try to do that, but did you ever notice God never forces himself on you? Have you ever noticed that? You ever notice you never hear the testimony of somebody who goes, I didn't believe in that baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I was just sitting in my living room, and God filled me with the Holy Spirit, and I started speaking in tongues against my will. You're never going to hear that testimony because God's a gentleman. The Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He's never going to force anything on you. You don't believe in healing? Guess what? You're not going to get healed, okay, because... Because you don't have any faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. If you don't believe he saves people, you're not going to get saved. You know, he's a, he's a total gentleman. But as you learn, as you seek, as you knock, as you grow, you can grow in your relationship with him and you can get off that bottom rung of the ladder, okay? You can climb up one, all right? You know, I... I uh, if you're as old as me or older, you remember the days when we had to, the radio, you had to turn a dial, and it was pretty tough to get to that station sometimes. You had to just tweak, and then you went too far, and then you had to back it up, and then you're just hoping, you, you young guys, you have no idea what I'm talking about, so forget about you. Anyway, but you old folks, you, you understand what I'm talking So So, see... We got to get tuned in to God. Now, let me, let me say something here. God does not exactly tune into us, okay? Do you understand this? Okay, God is spirit. Are you aware of that? And in, in John chapter 4, Jesus was talking to the woman at the well, and, and he said to her, God is spirit, and those who worship him must come to him in, or must worship him in spirit and in truth. You know, he, he, doesn't, he didn't decide, okay, well, I'm going to come down and be five senses for you so that you can, you know, see me, hear me, smell me, whatever, you know, you know, no, no, he, he isn't going to do that. Okay. He is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So we're having to go to him in spirit. All right. Your eyes are going to do you no good for seeing him. Even if you have a vision that's in your head and your heart, you're usually very rare that you would need your physical eyes to see a vision, all right? It's in your spiritual eyes. It's in your spirit, man. And, and we have to learn to tune into our spirit, man, if we're going to understand and see him. It's just the way it is. He's not going to flip around. And, and now, you know, people, I don't know. I've never seen an angel. But people see angels. But you know what? When they see angels, there might be 50 other people in the room who didn't see the angel. So they're not seeing the angel with their physical eyes. They think they are. It feels like they are. But the angel's not in their physical realm. At least that's the way it would seem since nobody else saw it. You understand? Does that make sense? So true worshipers worship the Father in spirit and truth. God is spirit, and we have to connect to him on his level, not in the flesh. Jesus said the flesh counts for nothing. Hello. 
In all of eternity, our flesh isn't going to matter a bit. All right? But our spirit man is born again. The Bible says that he's made us a new creation, right? So our spirit man lives forever. We live forever. But this body's not going to live forever. Now, he's going to give us a different body, a spiritual body. I don't really understand what that means exactly. Do you? No? All right. So, you know, but, you know, we don't have to know, right? When it happens, we'll get it. It says we're going to be changed in a twinkling of an eye. So it isn't hard for him to transfer us from one to the other. But uh, we are spirit beings. God made us to be eternal spirits. He also gave us a soul our mind, our will, and our emotions, and those things are sometimes totally out of control. Again, if you just sit there and look very calm, no one will know that your mind and your will and your emotions have been out of control. But, but the Bible says those things need to be saved, and that's fine. He can save those. He's working on it in you. He's processing that. But your spirit man is made perfect, and your spirit man is the perfect way and the only way to connect to God. You're not going to connect to him through your emotions. Now, something he does or something you experience in him might make you emotional. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. All right? He wants you to use your brain. All right? Unlike some of the way people drive down Dodge Street who are obviously not using their brains. You know, he wants you to use your brain. I'm just joking. Calm down. I'm kidding. Anyway, a couple of you are like, he's not kidding. No, <laughs> no, no, he, he uh, we have a, you guys, we hear this all the time, but I, I have to lay a, a bit of a foundation here. But, uh, you know, in 2 Corinthians 4, 16, you can put that in your notes, 16 to 18, you know, Paul wrote, though our outer man is decaying, our inner man is renewed day by day. And in 18, it says, while we look not at the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen, God is a spirit, we are a spirit, for the things which are seen are temporal, temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. We have to make a determination that we are going to pay attention to our spirit man, that our spirit man is going to be trained and is going to get into sync with the spirit of God. And we have a lot to say about that happening. I think that, that uh, it, it, it can be a little, since we only have one word for spirit, it's a little confusing. So, but our spirit, little s, has to get in sync with the Holy Spirit, big S, you know, God who lives inside of us, right? And uh, in these end times, in these last days, it's even more important that we get in sync with him. You know, Second Timothy 3.1 says... But realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. That word difficult actually is not translated very well. The word is perilous. And what does that mean? Perilous, uh, I, I looked up the definition. It says imminent risk of disaster or ruin. Now, turn to Matthew 24, 24. No, I did not stutter. It's actually Matthew chapter 24. And verse 24, some of you thought I stuttered. How many? No, don't, don't raise your hand. I'm kidding. Matthew 24, 24. Look at this. For false Christ, we have to be in tune with them, guys. We got to be in tune with them. Don't get on the wrong radio station, all right? For false Christ and false prophets will arise and will show great signs and wonders 
so as to mislead, if possible, even the elect or the children of God. Behold, I have told you in advance. Jesus told us it was going to get bad. It's going to get, it's deceptive out there. Now it's going to get more deceptive. And if we're not tuned into him, smart enough to go, oh, no, that's not him. <laughs> that's not my God. No, no, no. You know what? If we're not paying attention, we're going to be like the other people who just, oh, they just fall into it. I, I, don't, I don't want to be stupid. How many of you want to be stupid? No, we don't. Nobody wants to. You know, we, most of us spend, expend a lot of energy trying to not look stupid, don't we? So, you know, uh, we, we don't want to be stupid in real life, okay? So, so we don't want to be misled. It's not the time to be sleepy. It's not the time to be inattentive. So, so when we talk about being in tune with our spirit, it is, I, I was looking up something online, and there's so much flaky, weird stuff that sounds like this out there, you guys. So there's nothing weird about being in tune with the Holy Spirit, okay? There's nothing weird about it. You guys remember when uh, Joe Morris was here recently? And if you were, I think it was in the Sunday evening service. He said this in it, and my wife's probably tired of hearing me talk about this because it hit me so hard when he said it, God is normal. I'm like, what? What? Well, well what does that mean? No, God's not weird. You know, we'd say, well, God's thoughts are not our thoughts. And he, no, no, no. See, he made us in his image, in his likeness to think like he thinks. All right? Now, can that get perverted and screwed up and messed up and off there and out there and lift? Oh, yeah, that can happen. But God is normal, okay? There's nothing, he isn't like thinking that, you know, the sky is pink when the sky is actually, you know, he is very, very normal in terms of his, okay, sin makes him angry. Does it not? Okay, now, I'm not talking about your sin, you know. We can usually justify our own sin, but doesn't somebody else's sin make you angry? Sure, yeah. You know, they, you, know you hear about somebody, you know, they hurt somebody or they, they stole somebody something or they, you know, some, some crazy world leader, you know, drops a bomb on a bunch of innocent people. Makes you angry, doesn't it? So, so see, see, God's not weird. There's nothing weird about getting connected to our spirit man and nothing weird about the Holy Spirit. He's normal. Now, I want you to think about that for a minute. What, you, you've never learned anything about God that wasn't normal, all right? And, and if, if you did learn something that seemed not normal, you know, it's either you misunderstood or your thinking was woohoo out there in left field somewhere, and you're just having to reel that in a little bit and get back to normal thinking, okay? But, but we, uh, we, we see God <laughs> in, in ways that are not normal. Okay, some people, it, it's like if I talk to people, okay, I talk to people all the time. God seems far away. God seems distant. God seems strict. God seems vague. He's so unknown. It's so confusing. He's critical. He's judgmental. Really? You really think that's him? That's what this book says about him. You know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. No, that doesn't sound strict or judgmental. It doesn't sound angry. It doesn't sound distant. It doesn't sound anything. But can we not get just weird notions that we have to undo? He'll undo them all. He'll fix every single thought you have that isn't correct about him because he wants you to know him. He desperately wants you to know him. He wants you to walk with him. You look at people, the lives they have, the choices they've made, their, their lives are in ruin. God 
God doesn't want that. See, he's normal. You don't want that for them. You don't want it for you, you know? Some of y'all are just looking at me like I fell out of a well or something. I didn't. All right. But you know what? Here's the deal. We can base our interactions with God off of our wrong ideas about God. That's why God so badly wants you to know him. And so, again, he's not going to tune into our mess. We have to tune into his perfection. Okay, we have to tune into his spirit who lives in our spirit. You know, I, um, he is supernatural. Well, what do what do we mean by that? You know, I, I think sometimes we hear that word nowadays and we think of some some freaky TV show with somebody's head spinning and their eyes. And, you know, no, 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 no. Supernatural just means it's it's not natural like of the earth all right don't get thrown by that what do you know it means it's outside of the natural earthly realm or it supersedes the natural realm or it's not subject to the laws of the natural realm okay you understand that that gravity if you jumped off this building you would go straight down you understand that right jesus went straight up through the clouds because he was supernatural Okay, that is outside of the normal laws of, of how the world works. You know, but here, here's the deal. When, when you got born again, he brought you into his family. You know, in uh, 1 John it says, Behold what manner of love the Father has, that, that we could be called the children of God. And, and that is what you are, he says. You know, we, we are in his inner circle, in his family. We are part of his family, all right? And, and that's why he wants to get to know you. John 15, oh, here we go. You're going to think I stuttered again. John 15, 15, not stuttering. The 15th verse, you might want to turn to this one. The 15th verse of John 15. I have 16 pages of notes. I actually thought I'd get through them. I can see clearly that is not going to happen. Uh, John 15, 15, Jesus talking to his followers. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all the things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. You know, when, uh, when, when I met my wife, before we uh, started dating, you know, we just talked a little bit, and then we started dating, right? And then we started sharing more and more and more intimate ideas and thoughts and things that we had. Pretty soon, you know, she knew me better than anybody else on the planet, okay? And that just continues to grow. Well, you know, but it starts out with the barrier. You've got to start somewhere, don't you? Same thing with God. You've got to start somewhere. You gotta, there's got to be a, a, a beginning, and, and Jesus said, I have called you friends. So, you know, he, he said that. You think he lied to you. Now, some of us, if I ask you, do you feel like you have a friendship with Jesus? You might say no. Or do you feel like Jesus is friendly toward you? You also might say no. But, but Jesus said he called you friends. So I think we can trust that. And, and I think we can count on that a lot. And so... As we look at that, and in light of that, in light of the absolute love that he has for us, 
then we can look at some of the ways, some of the workings of the Holy Spirit that, that he, he brings about through our spirit man to get to know him, all right? The Holy Spirit comes and he tries, he's trying to draw us to God, all right? He's, he's revealing the truth about God. We have times of revelation in the word. Have you ever done that? Yeah, I hope. All right, you open up the word and something just bah, hits you right in the face. You know what I'm talking about? You know, it's so amazing and you're just like blown away by it. And it's like, wow, this is so cool. Or, or you know, I, 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 was reading, <laughs> I was reading a book one day uh, by a Christian author and, and he quoted a verse. And I'm like, that verse is not in my Bible. So I had to stop and go get my Bible and look it up. I've read that. I couldn't even tell you how many times I'd read that in my Bible. There it was, just the way he quoted it in his book. But see, I didn't see it. See, there's a whole lot of things that you don't see. But the Holy Spirit is, if you're willing, if you'll let him, he'll just keep showing you stuff. You know, he will help you sense the presence of God. He will... He will he, he accelerates healing. You know, he's, he's guiding you. He's leading you. He's giving you gifts and, and ministry opportunities and all these things that the Holy Spirit's working on the inside of you that you can't see, but he's, he's working on it anyway. You know, we sing that song, even when I don't... Yeah. Yeah, he's working. Even though I don't feel it. Even though I don't see it even though I'm not aware of it. See, he, he's working. But everything that happens is spiritually discerned. Nothing's going to happen out here with our five senses. Nothing's going to happen out here in the natural. You know, Now, it may the natural may be affected by the spiritual, but that's not where it's going to begin. Your healing doesn't begin in your body. Your healing begins in your spirit man and in his spirit and works its way out. All right? You're... you're you're praying, and if you've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and you're praying in other tongues. That doesn't start in your mouth. That starts down here in your spirit, and it comes out of your spirit. And, and you know it's separate from your mind because you know how, can you, have you ever noticed this? If you pray with other tongues, you can do anything and pray in tongues at the same time. Yeah. Now, if you're trying to, say you decide to count to 50 out loud while you're trying to do something, you can't do that. That doesn't work because you can't do this one thing and do this other thing. But if you're praying in tongues because it doesn't come out of your mind, you can do something with your mind and with your spirit at the same time. Because I'm just trying to explain to you, it's all in your spirit. It's all coming out of your spirit, okay? And, you know, we discern these things. But hear, hear this, okay? All these things that the Holy Spirit's doing inside of us, it gives us a window into what Jesus is doing on the earth, in his body, in the church, it gives us a window because he's at work in us and that helps us see what else he's doing on the earth, okay? I don't know if that makes sense, but, but it's exciting when we start thinking about the fact that he's working in us and he's doing stuff in us. We don't just drum these things up. We don't imagine these things. It's not something that we just try to figure out, all right? We know that... We know that he's at work. Turn over to Psalm 31, not verse 31, okay? Verse 2 of, uh, of Psalm 31, one of my favorite psalms. Verse 2 says this, 
Incline your ear to me, rescue me quickly, be to me a rock of strength, a stronghold to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress. For your name's sake, you will lead me and guide me. Look at the end of that again. For your name's sake, you will lead me and guide me. You know, sometimes we, when we say, when we talk of God's sovereignty, Sometimes we kind of talk about that, and then can you leave that up there, please? Just leave that there for a minute. Sometimes we talk about because there's so much wrong teaching about God's sovereignty out there. Well, you know, God, God's bringing terrible things into your life to teach you a lesson and to help you grow. Yeah, no, I mean that's that. It doesn't sound like God, but see, this is why people think God's not normal because He does things like that. Well, He doesn't do things like that. But, but look at that verse, just look at that up there. For your name's sake, you will lead me and guide me. Do you see that his guidance and his leading and his work inside of you is God-initiated? It's proactive. It's leading and guiding, not forcing or plotting or planning or conniving. No, 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 no. He's leading and guiding, and you get to choose whether you follow him or don't follow him. Do you see what I'm saying? See, this is sovereignty how it's supposed to be, right there. That is a great picture of scriptural sovereignty where God is at work. He's doing something. He's trying to lead you. He's trying to guide you, trying to help you to grow, and you get to choose whether you're going to do it or not. He's not forcing stuff on you. He's not going to do that. He's a gentleman. That's why you never have those testimonies about, you know, well, I don't believe in God, and I don't believe in healing, but he healed me. You know, I didn't want to be healed. Well, okay. You know, we don't hear that. That's not going to happen. Do you understand? Because that's not God. He's not like that. In John 8, 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness but we'll have the light of life. Um, Psalm, or Proverbs 20, 27, we hear this all the time. The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. You know, your spirit is where God's light is. Your spirit is where God's truth is. And we have to worship him in spirit and in truth. All right? So, so we don't have to. We have the opportunity to. We are blessed to have the opportunity to do that. But that light, anything he shows you, that light, that truth, it's going to be in your spirit, man, not, not in your head. Now, it can go to your head, but it starts down here in your spirit, man. So, so just touching on that, your spirit knows things your head doesn't understand, okay? So there's times that you're going to get excited. When you get excited about a scripture verse, it's coming out of your spirit, okay? Your spirit is excited by that, and your head is trying to catch up and figure out what you're excited about, all right? But, but you know, he wants to get his light to you. How does he do that? There are so many things, you know, and, and his leading, how do I say this? His leading is not a... Uh, his leading is not the destination. His leading is a road. 
he offers you a road to get there. That's why some people are making more spiritual progress than others, because they're taking advantage of the leading that he offers, okay? And, and I'm not criticizing anyone. I've resisted his leading lots of times because I didn't know it was him, and I didn't know what to do with that. So as we get to know him, as we walk with him, as we learn that he is just like he said in Matthew 11:28 28 to 30, I am gentle and humble of heart, or I am meek and humble of heart. See, he's not trying to beat you up. He's not trying to slap you around and get you fixed, okay? He's trying to show you there's a better way. There's a way you can walk. You'll be happier. Your life will go better. The chaos that, that you feel like you live in will start to diminish and eventually go away. And you can start walking in peace. Okay, but you're like, yeah, but I live in chaos. Yes, we live in a world that's a big mess. But he doesn't want you to live in chaos even though you live in a chaotic world. Okay? So how does he get the truth over to us? How does he connect with us? How do we become spiritually aware? Well, number one, the word of God. Pastor talks about it all the time. But, but I've heard this. I've heard people say stuff. Oh, I've read that. I've been in church my whole life. I've heard that all before. I've read the Bible through ten times. Okay. Great. But you know what? It just says to me how little you understand of what the Word says. You know, and, and you can put this in your notes if you want. Romans eleven thirty three to 36. The Apostle Paul wrote, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been his counselor, or who has first given him that it might be paid back to him again? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever and ever. You know, if, if the Apostle Paul, who wrote half the New Testament, says that his ways are unfathomable and that the depths and the riches of God are beyond comprehension, uh, I think we all have a long ways to go before we could get to say that with him, okay? So, so don't, don't just, yeah, there's Pastor Tony talking about that again. Mark 11. Okay, really? You know, you probably don't understand. You know, Brother Hagen, I heard him say this one day. He goes, I could preach. I could preach from now till the day I die. And he is gone now. But when he said it, he had a lot of years left. Every time I preach, I could preach a different sermon off of Mark 11. Well, you know what? If you start to understand how unfathomable he is, that word's very hard to say, by the way. Um, if you start to see the depths of God, you're just going to get more excited about his word. And it's going to take us all of eternity to grasp the goodness and the faithfulness of God. I'll just tell you that right now. You know, it says we're going to know him fully, but it's going to take, it's going to take forever. And we have forever. That's the good thing about it. All right? All right, number two. I'm going to try to go through these fast. That's not going to happen, but I'm going to try anyway. Uh, number two is prayer. Conversing with God. You know, my wife says this all the time. Just talk to him. People are, are scared to talk to him, I think. You know, I, I, I think 
it, that kind of comes from the mindset that so many people have that God's always mad about something. But, but you know, talk to him. You know, if you, if you have a prayer language, talk, pray in tongues. You know, Ephesians 6.18 says, With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. Well, you can't really uh, pray at all times. I mean, you know, it's those people who say every and always and never all the time. You know what I'm saying? But, but, but you know how that you're like, well, you can't always do that. You can't never. But, you know, he, he wants us to pray often. Amen? Amen. Talk to him. You know, I, uh, I, I, I love praying in tongues. I, I pray in tongues all the time. I love thanking him. Sometimes I, sometimes I, in my car, if I'm driving, I think, okay, I'm going to come up with 100 things I'm thankful for. And I just start rattling them off because, because, you know, he's pleased by that. But the Bible says that praying in tongues is also praying mysteries. It's also giving thanks. A youth pastor that I, that I met years ago, I had a, one of his teens came up to him and says, you know, I'm, I'm really... They were really stressed. They were like, I'm really struggling with doubt right now. Youth pastor, all right, yeah. I mean, everybody has questions. God's got big shoulders. He can answer your questions, no problem. So what do you do when you uh, feel all these doubts? What do you do? He goes, well, I pray in tongues, and that really helps. And the pastor's just kind of looking at him. The kid realized what he said, <laughs> and he's like, that doesn't really make sense, does it? The pastor's like, not really, no. No, if, if, if when you go to God and you pray, and, and of course, you know, praying in tongues uh, stirs up your faith. It, it stirs up your heart. It, it makes you more and more aware of the presence of God inside of you. So, of course, if you had doubts and you prayed in tongues, that would, that would help that. Amen? But, but you know, I, love, I, loved, I loved watching uh, Jake grow up. And, and meet God. I mean, I don't mean when he got saved, but I mean when he started to get to know God and when he started to reach out to God on his own and when he started to believe God for things on his own. That was exciting. As a parent, you're like, yes. You know, you're, you're pumped about that. So, so talk to God. He'll talk back to you. But, but you got to talk to him, okay? All right. We don't have time to go into the gifts of the Spirit listed in the, the New Testament. There's nine power gifts that we could talk about. And then there's other gifts like helps and administrations. And, and God gave, gave gifts. He gave these uh, giftings to the church for the smooth operation of the church. And, and so all the, everybody has a gift, everybody has an ability, everybody has something that they can do. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. But, but I think that, uh, you know, God wants the, the church to run smoothly. Well, how does that help me become spiritually aware? Because that's what we're talking about. How does that help me get in sync with God? Well, because as he's showing you what he wants you to do and as you're doing it, you're doing it with him. Turn over to Mark 16. See, we have to learn how to flow with him and be in sync with him. And, and you know, he, he called helps 
and administrations gifts of the Holy Spirit. Well, those seem very natural, don't they? Ushering is helps. Uh, worship is worship team is helps. It fe it feels very natural. I get up there and sing. Yes, right. It's very natural. Uh, I I clean the bathrooms. That's very natural. I you know mow the lawn or whatever I do for the church. You know I those seem very very natural. Well, they are natural. Do you are you in Mark sixteen? Look at verse twenty. This is right at when Jesus went to heaven, and it says after he went to heaven. And they, the disciples, the followers of Jesus, they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the word by the signs that followed. See, see, God's like a partner with you. Do you ever watch, uh, what is that show, The Dancing? What's it called? Dancing with the Stars. Do you ever watch that show? So, so, you know, those people amaze me at how they get out there and do all that. I, yeah, I think... I was, I was actually born with two left feet, and I'm pretty sure that none of that is actually humanly possible what those people do. But, but, but the way they work together, it's amazing, okay? And, and they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord, you see that? Do you see that up there? While the Lord worked with them. See, when, when you're teaching women's Bible study, the Lord's working with you. When you're playing that piano... The Lord's working with you. When Faye's in the kitchen, the Lord's working with her. All right? No, really. See, see, I can't cook like she does. Okay? If I tried, I'm pretty sure I would not succeed. Okay? All right? You know, while Niall is out trimming the bushes in the, in the, in the, in the front of the church, you know, the Lord's working with him, giving him ideas about how that should be done right. Okay? I, I, uh, we had... Uh, Paul came and trimmed our, our uh, Japanese maples in the courtyard not too long ago. I, I looked at that and thought, how did you know what to do? I would never have known what to do. But see, see, God will give us grace, all right? And as we learn to flow in the gifts that he's given us, whatever that might be, he's working with you. And there's things happening there that you don't see, all right? You know, Deb's a decorator, and the Lord works with her. So that she's ten times better than she would be in the natural. And, and so it's, it's the coolest thing ever, you know? Because, you know, she has ideas that are things that someone with my brain would never, ever think of. But I have giftings that you would never think of and you wouldn't understand, okay? That's how he does it. That's what he does. We're not going to talk about all the power gifts. It would, it would be a lot, okay? All right, another way that we get in sync with him is we, we talk about this a lot. Pastor Tony talks about it a lot. I think I, I bring my heart, you know, my scratchy, fuzzy heart. I did not bring that with me tonight. But, but the inward witness is the Holy Spirit inside of us. He's trained our spirit some things. And so our human spirit reacts to things, all right? And, and it isn't a physical thing. It's not even though we might say, I feel, it's not feel like you feel with your nerve endings or your fingers or your hands, okay? It's not that kind of feeling. It's not a mental thing. There's no words. There's no impression. It's, it's just an impression because, like I said, your heart knows things your head doesn't understand. It's like sometimes we just do things almost automatically because there's an interior spirit nudge. 
You know, my wife, my wife, my wife is a nurse, and and I live with her every day, and I hear her talking about medical things. And actually, when she was in nursing school, I helped her study, right? And I also worked in hospitals for a number of years. I'm no doctor, I'm no nurse, but I know things that someone who is not around medical things wouldn't know. Because I've just I've just been around it. And and you know what? The Holy Spirit, He's inside of you. He knows stuff. Amen. And so you may not know that there's a car accident up ahead two miles, but he knows it. And so he may just, you just have this impression, I should go that way. It's like, I always go this way, but I'm going to go that way, I don't know why. Well, and you may never know why, okay? But, but I've learned to just follow those nudges. You know, there's something, I don't know how to explain it, something, if you go with it, it's a positive thing, it's comforting, it's smooth, it's kind of a velvety, velvety feeling on the inside of you, uh, and, and it's, you know, buy that, tell that person God loves her, you know, God loves them, you know, marry her, uh, you know, it just feels right, it's the right thing to do, does that make sense? There, there were women, uh, everybody, every woman I ever met before I met her, the Lord was like, no, okay. Well, after a while, you, you, I heard no so many times, I wondered if there would ever be a yes, but we won't go, we won't go down that road at the moment. But it's a, it's a smooth thing. It's velvety. When, when it's a negative thing, it's scratchy. There's a hesitation. It's uncomfortable. Don't buy that. Don't leave the house yet. Don't say that. That person makes me uncomfortable. I'm going to stay away from them. You know. Or, or sometimes it's like, oh, something's going on with somebody. You ever have one of those? Something's going on with my mom or something's going on with my brother. I need to call them, okay? But there's no words, okay? Sometimes it's like, oh, I'm in the church. I feel like I need to get involved in that ministry. Well, yeah, but I don't want to do that. Yeah. My wife uh, never expressed any interest in working with children, but she works at a pediatric clinic. But she followed the Lord there. He knew that would be a good place for her to be. She didn't know that, okay? Bible school. The Lord showed me where to go to Bible school. But, and it was, a, it was a strong nudge, but it was a nudge, okay? I didn't want to go to that school. I did not want to go to Ramah. My first application, I tore up in pieces and threw it away. <laughs> Truth. But, but see, if, if we'll just follow him, he knows stuff we don't know. See, that's, that's my point, okay? Okay. Um, you know, we know the scripture says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain the inward witness, but I hope you've experienced it. If not, practice with it, okay? Because he'll just keep showing you. He'll show you about stuff that doesn't really matter much. He'll show you about stuff that truly is life and death, all right? And we just have to learn how to pay attention, all right? <clears throat> I think... Um, I, re I remember um, I remember that, uh, well, I'll tell that story in a minute. Let's go on to the next one. Um, past the inward witness, there's the inward voice of your spirit. You'll actually hear words. They'll come floating up into your head, and you can do something with those. You don't have to pay attention to them, 
but you'd, you'd be making a big mistake if you didn't do that. Some people call that your conscience. Um, some people call the inward witness your conscience, but I'm going to, for our purposes tonight, I'm going to say the inward voice is uh, your, the voice of your human spirit. It doesn't happen very often necessarily that you're going to hear words. It certainly doesn't happen every day. Some people say they would say they've never heard words. And, and they would try to make all this hearing from God very, very complicated. I heard somebody say, well, you need to go off. And you need to get alone by yourself in a very quiet place. And then God can talk. No, no. Okay, I, I have to very much disagree with this because I've been in loud, big rooms with thousands of people and I've heard him speak to me. Okay, I think he's probably capable of talking to you loud enough for you to hear it over whatever noise that there might be. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with getting quiet and getting alone with God. Don't misunderstand me. I'm just telling you that, that we, uh, we uh, need to get quiet or we need to... We just need to listen for his voice, okay? You know, he, he's not going to do the voice thing very often. I don't know any, I've, okay. I've met a few people who said that God spoke to them all the time, but they were kind of flaky. Do you understand what I mean? Don't look at me like that. <laughs> You've probably run into some of those people too, okay? You know, I, I, I'll tell you one story. So when I was finishing Bible school, I was in my, my last semester of school, and it was springtime, and the Lord spoke to me, and he said, I want you to stay in Tulsa for the summer. I was doing something really spiritual when that happened. I had just finished vacuuming my living room, and I was putting the vacuum cleaner in the closet. Okay, so, so I think God gets a kick out of talking to me. Now, Pastor Tony, if he were here, he'd tell you, the Lord speaks to him more when he's praying than any other time. I would say the Lord has almost never spoken to me when I was praying because I think he chooses these weird times like when I'm putting my vacuum cleaner in the closet to talk to me so that I know it's him, so that I don't think I drummed it up or dreamed it up or imagined it, because the last thing I was expecting at that moment was him to talk to me. But, but my point is this. He wants to talk to you, okay? Um, I, I had planned to leave. Uh, I had planned to leave Tulsa the minute I graduated. I had actually thought, I think, what if I have my truck packed with all of my stuff at graduation and I can just drive straight from graduation back to Omaha where I grew up? And, and so when the Lord said to me, I want you to stay in Tulsa for the summer, I had to, I had to kind of regroup. But here, here's the deal. If I had ignored him, if I had ignored him, had I left... I would have never directed the children's church. I would have never been on staff. I would have never taught at the Bible college. I would have never been the children's pastor. None of the things that God wanted for my future would have happened if I had just decided to not do what he said. Now, here's what I can tell you is that, that God has never one time when I've ignored what he said, he's never ever one time come back to me and said, well, here's what you missed. See, he, he, he's not like that. He'll do everything he can, though, to get you where you need to be to accomplish what both will be fulfilling for you and fulfilling his plan. You understand that? He's never going to force you. He's always going to lead you. He's always going to guide you. He's always going to nudge you. And, and, and he's so good, and he's so kind, and he's so loving. How can you say no? But we do. At least I have. 